the news has gone from ridiculously bullish for gold to a nothing burger, right? Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And as you are probably well aware, it is finally the week of the BRICS meeting, which we have been hearing so much about. Certainly has been a lot of speculation of what could or possibly may or may not be announced in terms of a gold-backed token or currency or any sort of move to continue their de-dollarizing efforts that we've been hearing about for months and years now. So fortunately, Vince Lancey, who does our Monday show, was recording a video with one of his classes over the weekend where someone was asking him his expectations, and he sent that over for me to post and share with everyone. So we're going to have tonight Vince's preview of the BRICS meeting and what he is expecting as things get underway. So we'll have that coming your way in just a moment. Before we start, I wanted to mention tonight's video is sponsored by Miles Franklin, where this week's special is Silver Buffalo Rounds for only $2.50 over spot. Find out more about that. You can email Arcadia at milesfranklin.com. And with that said, let's get to Vince's preview of the BRICS. I got a question about the BRICS thing. Yeah. What what kind of uh, news event could come out of there to, to drive the market? I, I don't see anything really earth-shattering there. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Um, uh, uh, you want to look at how the news – I'm just thinking out loud. Look at how the news flow came out of it. Started, started you know, as on the up – on the upswing, uh, Russia leaks that there's going to be a single currency. Everybody gets hopped up on it. Uh, uh, then China comes out, more or less. Then China comes out and says, there's not going to be a single currency. Uh, we're, we're, we're working on something. And then Russia comes out and says, uh, various Russian voices come out and say conflicting things. One says, uh, there's not going to be a single currency. We're going to have a, have a a, a way to set like they're 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 marketing to the BRICS people, but at the same time they're being more careful now after that uh, asinine statement. So the news has gone from ridiculously bullish for gold to a nothing burger, right? That's how it started. So let's say we're trend we're trading the um, the the news, right? So if it started out as a big big thing and now it's a nothing burger, then maybe maybe it's bearish because nothing's going to come out of it, right? Uh, unless you think that they're really Machiavellian, uh, that nothing's going to come out of it, and then something will come out of it. All right, let's talk about the fundamentals for a second. Whatever they want to do, they can't do it. Not yet, okay? They may want to do, it's always three things with me, right? They can do one of three things. One, is they can, I'm not saying they're going to, it's not probability. One, they launch a BRICS coin, okay? That's the first thing they said. I'm telling you, that's not going to happen, okay? And even if there were a BRICS coin, it wouldn't be for everyone. It would just be for their trades between each other. It would be like an IOU. There's no BRICS coin coming, okay? Like electronic coin? Well, no, but 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 uh, what I mean is the 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 physical manifest, not, not literally a coin, but the physical. There's a coin; it's listed on an exchange. No, it's going to be a fucking IOU. Now, I could be wrong. We know I could be wrong about this, but what I'm saying is is 
and I'll tell you why, why, why I feel so strongly about this. To create a coin that links the countries negates the yuan. They don't want to negate the yuan. China's in charge here. If you create a coin, remember, the biggest fight when the euro was created was the death of the Deutschmark. Big deal. Big, big deal. It's like, you know, that's our national currency. Remember, England didn't join, right? So for the yuan, for China, for this many years, this is all my opinion, for this many years for China to work on solidifying its economy and making it, you know, wholesome or however you want to look at it, for them to just say, yeah, we'll be partners with Brazil in a coin called BRICS coin. No, your money is your brand. That's why I don't think there's a international BRICS coin. That's number one. Number two, and this is completely doable, completely doable, theoretically. See, the problem with a BRICS coin is, aside from my bias, is that you're dealing with commodity baskets. You make wheat, I make oil, he makes pistachio nuts. How do we weigh the basket? I don't think they have the skill for that. I don't think they have it. Let's put it this way. They don't have the negotiations done on that. On top of that, they don't have 40 members. They have 40 people who want to join. That's like 40 people at the at the front door of a nightclub. You haven't let them in. They don't have the money for the cover charge. They're not over 18. They're not qualified. I mean, who's qualified? The four people in M-Trade, fucking China, Russia indirectly, India, and um, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. And Brazil's not qualified, in my opinion, right? So there you have it. Like, that's who's qualified. Notice on the M-Trade platform, the four banks are all geographically near each other. You know, it's a, it's very geographic. So what I'm saying is, is, is just because you got 40 people who want to buy the new Air Jordans doesn't mean you're going to have more than two of them who buy them or be permitted to buy them. So 40 people applying means nothing. It's the same old thing as oversubscribed IPO. It's the same bullshit. That doesn't mean they're not going to be there, but it means right now you need to make sure that you're anybody you let on this platform, they've got to have the same. I, I need to see your financials, Steve. You need to see my financials. We need to be completely transparent with each other. Do you have enough money to do this? Because in, in mechanisms like this, which are basically uh, uh, collateralized risk, collateralized debt obligations. Uh, there's another word for it. I can't remember. I used to, basically, you're, 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 you're pooling risk. When you pool risk in bonds, they used to talk about in tranches, right? During the CDOs, tranches. There's triple A and there's triple C, right? And you may be an average of triple B, but triple A has to pay triple C's losses. So if you've got two countries, China and, you know, Botswana, and these two countries are on this platform, it's only as strong, not as the average, as the weakest country. There's a weak link in these things. Everyone, I know this from my exchange experience, everyone has to be up to snuff or the exchange, the, the senior people end up subsidizing the junior people. So my long spiel short is 40 people may be applying, but 40 people ain't gonna be accepted because that's just how it works. Number two, 40 people, ain't, 
40 people, even if they're accepted, it takes time. You're creating a network. I mean, you need market makers. You need someone who's going to be on that platform all day. And it's probably going to be China and Russia doing their deals, right? That's so. So the first thing is Bricks coin. Uh-uh, I don't think it's going to happen. <clears throat> I could eat my hat on that, but I don't think it's going to happen because that hurts China. China worked too hard to get where they are. And my information is China is the Bricks coin. The Yuan is the Bricks coin for them. All right. So you got the BRICS coin. No, that's not going to happen. You got the uh, you got the uh, the the forty people joining. That's th that may happen, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen in two days. And the fact that the fact that they're they're toning down the rhetoric means it's probably not going to happen for a while, you know. And then and then the next one, and this is the one that I believe can happen tomorrow, if it's the most likely and easiest to happen. Whenever you create a new platform, whether it's M-Trade or R-Trade or whatever it's called, Brick Trade, I don't care. Whenever you create a new platform, not new money, whenever you create a new platform, <clears throat> each country wants to trade in their sovereign currency. But only two, maybe, maybe four probably can. Four will reach the requirements. China, Russia, maybe not Russia lately. China, Russia, India, and uh, Saudi Arabia. Let's say those four countries, in my opinion, are most qualified. Okay. China and Russia trade with each other. Whoever trades with each other on this platform, they're already trading with each other. So it makes it easier. I'm selling oil to China. China's buying oil from Russia. Uh, Saudi Arabia is selling oil to China. See how that works? India is buying oil from Russia. India is selling oil to China. Oil, natural gas, already established trade relationships. Now, the way you do it is you create a trade. This is my this is my opinion, and I'm probably you know not far off from being right. The way you do it is you take a deal that's going down. Russia is going to sell oil to China. Boom. China is going to pay them in yuan. Okay, normally, this is what they do. They pay them in yuan and they get the yuan. Okay, but on the BRICS platform, China will pay them in whatever they sell back to them. Uh, call it, um, call it uh, dumplings. I don't know. So at the end of the month, it's kind of like this. Between now and the end of the month, you China owes Russia a million yuan. Russia says, we use gold as a claim on that yuan and we square up at the end of the month. In the meantime, China sells Russia. It's not going to happen. China sells Russia 900,000 uh, yuan in, uh, let's use dollars, right? A million dollars in oil, uh, $900,000 in, um, in, in, in wheat. So net net by the end of the month, there's 100,000 difference. And that 100,000 difference will be settled in gold, It'll be settled in blockchain gold. It'll be settled in yuan with gold implicitly behind it. It'll be settled in NFTs. It'll be settled in uh, a basket of currencies. They can do this. They can do that. And the reason I'm so comfortable saying that is because that's how mercantilism works. Mercantilism means, uh, all the other bullshit aside, mercantilism means nobody borrows. Mercantilism means everything's cash and carry. Mercantilism means... You and I, we trade for goods and we settle the difference in something else, which is almost always gold. There's no, 
There's no trade deficit. Okay. There's no, like we have a trade deficit. We buy everything and we balance it out with our current account deficit. We buy goods from China and then they buy bonds from us. So it's like we buy from them on credit and then they buy the credit. See how that works? In a mercantilistic world, it's like this. You buy, no credit. At the end of the month, you square up. So it's like a business, right? 30 days, we have to square up. There's no running total. There's no, I owe you $5. Let's get it to the next time we play poker. There's none of that. You square up at the end of every every uh, every sit down when you play poker. And so you need to score up with something. You square up with, with uh, this is what China and Russia have been doing since 2017. Pay attention whoever's listening to this. Since 2017, I'm telling you what's been going on because it was told to me and over the years it has happened more and more. Russia and China started testing blockchain out in 2017. China bought oil from Russia using a blockchain prototype that allowed China to sell the oil to Russia. I'm sorry, Russia to sell the oil to China and China to pay them in yuan. They paid them in yuan, but the yuan was a special contract. We're paying you in yuan and in the contract. Wasn't the, the contract that went with the oil deal? It was like, should we not pay you the yuan? Uh, uh, or, or 20% of the yuan is, um, or 100% of the yuan is convertible to gold. The yuan wasn't convertible. The contract was convertible. And so China then, this is it. I mean, this is, this is what's happened, right? So China says, okay, uh, we owe you a billion yuan. Russia's like, fine, give me the yuan. And China's like, no, we want to give you, we don't want to give you the yuan. China, Russia's like, well, you know what? Why don't we test this gold blockchain thing out? So China goes, here's the yuan. And with the contract, with the contract, if you give us 200 million yuan back, we'll give you 200 million yuan in gold. Where's the gold? The gold is in the Shanghai Exchange Vault, okay, with an NFT blockchain attached to it. And, and Russia has that code. That's what's going on. China and Russia trust each other enough so that China's like this. We're going to pay you when you want. And Russia's like, well, maybe your currency's not so good. You know, we don't have dollars. Well, you know what? I'll give it to you in gold if you need it. If you want it in gold, I'll give you a warrant. It's like a warrant. I'll give you a warrant on gold. I'll give you a warrant. I'll give you a call on gold. And that's what happened back then. And it's been happening. And they cleared in the Seychelles, seashells. They cleared in the Seychelles Islands, which are near India. See how that works? It's all fucking tied together. They've been doing this for years. They're ready to go. They've been ready to go. It's just getting the other bricks to be on board, to understand it, to buy into it, and to be worthy of being on it. Bilateral deals are already happening this way. Now, Russia, remember, China trusts Russia to do the deal. Russia trusts China to pay them. But Russia's not so sure that Yuan will survive because in a world without dollars, Russia needs something to guarantee their money with or to have to backstop their money. And so China says, let's use gold. I'll store the gold for you. Now, if Russia doesn't trust them, that's a done, that's a bad deal, right? So there's still trust. Even though there's NFTs and there's blockchain, there's trust there. So 
But what's happening is if you zoom out, what's happening is the world used the United States to store its gold. And it trusted the United States because after World War II, we were the peacemaker. We were trusted. We earned that trust. And as time went on, starting in 2016, 2017, Germany said, let's take some of our gold back. France, let's take some of our gold back. Venezuela, we want some of our gold. You can't, Venezuela couldn't get their gold right out of, out of the UK. So what happened was people started being less, um, it was less necessary to trust the US because uh, either they don't trust the US, which wasn't really the case then, or or they were working on something else. So China is now the US. Now, I don't mean that they're the US, but I want you to think of it this way. The world trusted the US after World War II. We earned that trust. China, so far, to the BRICS, to that community, China is trusted by the BRICS. In that little gang over there, they're going to leave their gold. They'll leave their gold with China before they'll leave their gold with the U.S. And that's what's going to come out of it, Steve. <clears throat> ideally, for me, ideally, what comes out of it is we have a platform. We're going to start doing bilateral trades on it. And as we approve members, we'll do it. That's the best reasonable news, I will believe. Everything else is bullshit. The worst reasonable news I believe is we're looking at it. It's not feasible to do for its own currency. They already said that it's not feasible to do under one currency, at least not yet. They're looking into it, but you just, it's not fucking easy. Like I've done it. I've done it with other derivatives. You can't do it. You just can't do it. Um, it's very difficult. It's very much an art. And finally, um, uh, there is one news item, Steve, that people have forgotten about that is a positive, that is expected to come out. And that news item is, <clears throat> there's a, I forget what it's called, they call it the Shanghai Cooperative. Basically, there's another organization of uh, countries, and it's basically, uh, it's the Kazakhstan group. It's like the Kazakhstans and a couple other of the former Soviet countries that are very Asian, uh, uh, geographically, demographically, and they form their own little trade group and they're like friends of Shanghai or something like that. And they're in their own thing. They're not officially a part of the BRICS, but they are going to, they're supposed to announce, that's supposed to happen. This, let me see if I can look it up. The SCO, Shanghai Cooperative, SCO, Shanghai, Shanghai Cooperation Organization. Oh, there it is. Yeah, thank you. Who said that? Kevin? Uh, that was me, Thanasis. Hey. Uh, all right, so see this? China, India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, Pakistan, blah, blah, blah. So, so there's an overlap, obviously, right? But but the, the people that are in that that are not in the BRICS are Kazakhstan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, uh, Tajikistan, it's the stands in India, basically, right? So we don't care about China and India, they're already in it. Well, India is arguing to, for, for pieces. We don't care about, we only care about, and Russia, we only care about the stands. Uh, Kyrgyzstan, that's probably right. Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, that's it. Now, are they big powerhouses? No, no, but they're another player. They're a good bench player. 
they're your sixth man, you know, and they're pretty much already there, but there's other people like here, you go, dialogue partners here, Afghanistan, Belarus, Iran, Mongolia, right? We don't care about them. Armenia, Azerbaijan, right? I know what that is. Cambodia, see all these countries here? Like they may, we don't care about them. They may be in it, they may not. We care about the stance and what's absolutely expected to come out of the BRICS. If nothing else is the Shanghai Cooperative or the SCO is supposed to officially partner with whatever it is they're making. If that doesn't happen, Steve, that's really bearish. That means not because of gold or because of the money. That means that within the BRICS, there's infighting. You follow? I follow. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that's it. So, so the geo, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, this is a uh, Brit here, but the, the other thing about the uh, Shanghai cooperative is if you drew, if you drew it on a map, it's a, it's a corridor for the Belt and Road uh, initiative. And oh, it's really? like an east-west corridor for, for uh, commodities, it's essentially gold, uh, oil and, and natural gas from west to east. So it's very important. Uh, oh, there you go. Okay. It's so a I guess very they important probably kept initiative to succeed. And it's also China being the mouthpiece instead of Russia on this. So it's like a proxy to get to get deals done. That's an Basically, insight. it's it's the white area on this map. Yeah. Right. So there you go. So there you go. So it's right. <clears throat> Mongolia and China. So Mongolia is one. That, that's a good point. Mongolia is when they're talking to. Uh, there you go. So basically, it's well, Mongolia is not going to say no. They're part of China, basically, right? I mean, or they'll get invaded, right? Uh, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Turkmen. So basically, like you said, it's it's uh, it's the route from here to Europe to get oil there without Russia. I see your point. Right, right. You know what I think is going to happen? I'm speculating here, but I, I've talked to Brent Kelly about this. These guys. They want to supply oil to Europe. That's going to be a big customer. And Europe wants to be supplied. And we don't want them to supply it. So paranoid, but geopolitically accurate. The U.S. wants to make WTI much more important. So oil, now you got me doing this. I want to do this. I'm going to show you something here. Right. Oil here is priced off of an index. Now, some of you may know this, some of you may not. And the index is a weighted index of oil from here, here, and here, and here. So it's, uh, uh, you'll when you see the pricings, you'll see like uh, uh, OPEC just priced its oil at this index plus $2. You'll see stuff like that. And the index is, uh, a lot of the indexes are managed by Platts, an American company. And what's happened is because of the uh, the uh, uh, the sanctions, right? Right. You've you've kind of messed up the indexes. Wait, where's my kind of messed up the indexes? So so uh, you've made what's a global commodity more regional. WTI isn't going there, or maybe it is. Russia is not going here, right? We're not buying their oil, you know, China's whatever. The point is 
the, the oil here is staying here. The oil here is staying here with some of it going to China, right? And, and, and Japan. And that's basically it. So you, what you've done is you've, you've effectively made a global commodity regional. It's a big deal. You've made a globally fungible commodity regional. So check this out. China's saying, uh, or let's say Saudi Arabia, right? Saudi Arabia is saying, you know what? We're not going to price our oil in dollars anymore. We're going to price it in whatever, whatever we price it in. And we're going to price it in. So the United States says, fine. What benchmark are you going to use? We'll use the benchmark that has Brent and this and that. And, and so the U.S., and this happened, this happened. The U.S. lobbied the U.K. benchmark so that, let's say, it's 80% Brent and 20% WTI for their standard. It's now like 70-30. So now there's more WTI going into the benchmark, which means the lower WTI oil. This is why we're selling the oil, guys, aside from the fact that it, it keeps our demand down, um, keeps prices down. The more oil that goes into the calculation to determine this oil's price, the basket, the lower their prices to sell. So we're trying to drive down oil prices here by adding a multiplier to our oil contribution here. And why am I bringing that up? Simultaneously, and I'm not I'm not exactly sure this, but there's there's a uh, there's a pipeline that's supposed to go here or here. I'm not sure where it's supposed to go, but this pipeline is supposed to go here, and this pipeline is for natural gas and oil going up. Uh, and the reason they're doing that is because they don't want to go around and and um, here, so oil that's from here, Russia, here, they want to go this way. They're not going to go around. And this here, the, um, the Suez Canal, the Suez Canal is for oil coming out of here. It goes here, it goes in, it goes through. Well, guess what the U.S. just did with the Suez Canal? Well, the U.S. didn't do it. The Suez Corporation did it. They just raised prices. So tying this all to um, uh, what you just said, Britt, China... And everyone over here wants this route clear to get oil there and natural gas, which is why your Shanghai Corporation is so important. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Right. Meanwhile, we want the price of oil down because it breaks Russia. We want to break, even if China benefits, we want to break Russia. That's my thesis. Right. All right. So what do we do? We get more oil in this basket, which gets more oil in this basket, which drives prices down. And here's the kicker. Then we get, I'm not saying we, this we part I'm making up, the prices on the Suez go up. The prices on the Suez keep going up. Then the Saudis have to go either around or landlocked up through. So the, the point is, it's in the US, it's just gonna sound crazy to say, but in light of what happened recently, I'm talking to you geopolitically now, it's in the US's interest to blow this up tomorrow. That's it. If the Turkey US and Ukraine, up, I'm sorry, what? Turkey and Ukraine are the uh, choke points. Like that's where like the, the yeah, that's the natural right. All the natural gas coming into Europe goes like this, I think, right? And there's uh, yeah. and, and uh, Qatar would like to use Turkey as its uh, natural gas line. So Turkey is really the linchpin to getting anything into Europe, the European market. Uh, rather than instead of LNG, because LNG is going to cost more. So 
a pipeline. Turkey's like Turkey's in the in the driver's seat with with the whole east west uh, relationship. Yep. Right. So it's basically yep. it's Istanbul, Constantinople, all over again. <laughs> right. Right. Here's 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 the wow. Crusaders coming to the east, you know, and and here's the Muslims uh, spreading Islam, and it's right in Constantinople again. So there we are. That's pretty cool. Um. So yeah, you've got basically three ways to get oil to uh, uh, to Europe: oil and natural gas. Right? You can go around, which they do, but it's expensive. You can go through the Suez Canal, which is the preferred way, or you can, as as uh, I think it was Brit said, get this pipeline finished here. Maybe it goes through like this. I don't know. Maybe it goes like that. I know that there's one pipeline that hits a point and goes north towards these guys and apparently it's going to go north and they'll break branches off but there's probably obviously another pipeline in here so yeah so that's it so there's three ways to get oil to europe and you know what's going to happen and i say this if i'm a if i'm a german company that depends on oil the price of oil is going to go up in europe right we're going to blow this up literally or figuratively right this is going to happen and take time, but they're going to become more powerful, right? And we're going to stop selling the SPR. It's like, if I'm a German company, screw that. If I'm BS, BASF, I'm moving to China. <laughs> you know, that's where the oil is. The oil's here. So, yeah, so I can see why this is this is all so important now. Well, thank you again to Vince for everything that he shared there. Hope this was helpful as you get ready for everything that may or may not happen this week. But at least now you have Vince's insight in terms of what he is expecting. Again, before we wrap up, tonight's show brought to you by Miles Franklin, where they are currently running a special on Silver Buffaloes for only $2.50 over spot. So if you're interested in that or would like to find out more information, you can email Arcadia at milesfranklin.com. With that said, going to wrap up for tonight, but hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you again tomorrow.